0: Hello, welcome to the podcast, Sport and Life. Thank you for hitting on the button. Sponsored as ever by Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham, very much uh, housed in the heart of Cheltenham in Montpellier in the courtyard there, opposite the cafe. Nice uh, setting, but you can contact them on social media and the website. And Serene AV, which is kind of the sister company We'll offer you bespoke solutions on any home entertainment. I hope you're well. This is actually a quick podcast today, but special mention to cytoplan.co.uk as ever, association with the podcast, food based supplements. So they're basically digested like food would be. That's the theory getting into our system. And it's a company my father, Dr. Mark Draper, has consulted for and with. He's a general practitioner, but also a nutritionist, has lectured in nutrition as well and micronutrition specifically. And at cytoplan.co.uk, CYTO. P L A N dot co uk. You can get a discount of ten percent with the code Draper ten. My last name D R A P E R, all capital letters, and the numbers one zero. Immune complete. Immune complete is the new range that CytoPlan have out as well for optimizing immunity, which I guess is on our minds at the moment in the pandemic, on our minds as well on the subject of this podcast. It's a shorter podcast than I'd hoped for because uh, it is sort of catch up with Paul Godfrey who is a club secretary at local football club and me in the fourth tier of English football league two Cheltenham Town made a good start actually two wins from three now in the league rebounding from a defeat first time out but of course no supporters in their financially difficult situation for all lower league clubs at the moment because there's their main source of income supporters has been stymied Uh, by the government regulations uh, rightly or wrongly the the intent is clear from the government but it's interesting at the time of doing this interview I actually turned the radio on afterwards and there was a story about how Boris Johnson is urging people to go to the cinemas the movie theatres to watch films to keep them in business so it's interesting that that the sort of different perspective and Paul talked at length about this now there's an issue it's part of the modern world I often go down and, and would chat to Paul I suppose in just with a a microphone and record it, but we did it through Zoom and I thought it was an earphone problem for me or a connection to my laptop, but actually it seems like it's a Zoom connection. Paul became very distant as the conversation went on. So I've just got 14 minutes here, but it's a bit of an update on the situation at Cheltenham Town. Again, this could be applicable to other lower league football clubs, including Forest Green down the road from me in Gloucestershire in the west of England as they try to balance the books. And I think Cheltenham, a particularly prudent, well-run club, But I do know that John Finnegan, who's the head of commercials, has been furloughed and a number of people have been furloughed at the club. And that potentially is going to continue after the end of October. But maybe, just maybe, a campaign will will mount and people will um, keep putting pressure for some way safely with social distancing, with cleanliness, with hygiene, with common sense for people to get back into the grounds. But this is Paul Godfrey, uh, the Cheltenham Town Director, Club Secretary, also Club Historian. If you go back a little bit earlier at the start of the pandemic, I interviewed him and John Finnegan together, former midfielder, Finner, Finners, who's uh, now working in the commercial side of the club. But he talked about the history and, and the Second World War, the challenges of that, and the gas power problems in the 1970s. And looking at hysterical, historical context, not hysterical. Feel a bit like that, doesn't it, at the moment? Uh, but this is just uh, a quick update on the situation at Cheltenham. And Paul's pretty unequivocal about the, the dangers of the situation, but not certainly Moribond. Here we go. Paul Godfrey. Paul, good to speak to you. How are you?
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it remains a very uh, interesting time at the moment, but, uh, but we're battling on as ever.
0: Yeah, on the positive front, I suppose. It's good on the pitch, isn't it? A couple of wins back-to-back in the league. It seems that you've managed, with, with Michael, to, to muster a decent team and a decent squad.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've still got most of last year's. Um, And we've added some some good ones and some some good young, loving players as well. So it's been quite a positive start. Yeah, I think we've played six games, including Cups. we played six games, won four. Um, We lost a couple. The the first league game we lost, we shouldn't have done, really. Mm. We threw that one away, really. uh, That's
0: more was that game? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the last couple of league matches we've won, uh, both away from home. So,
0: so yeah, not a bad start. Good, good. And... In terms of, I suppose, building up Tuesday night as a game, isn't there in, in the cup against Plymouth Argyle? I suppose these are the the times when, it's sort of, it's depressing in a sense, isn't it? Because in a way, you can sort of intellectualise about reports and events, but it's when it comes to home to roost with the home games, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's just a very strange experience watching the games without any supporters there. You know, mm. I mean, obviously on a match day, I have various jobs to do, so I have to be here. Um, I mean, one of my things that I, I do, I'm, I'm the COVID 19 officer for the team, so I we'll have to yeah. do various bits of work around that. But do appreciate, you know, we're in a very privileged position of being able to watch the games because um, you know a lot of people would love to be able to come and they can't. And uh, but even so, it is a very strange thing to watch a game without any, without any crowd there and certainly mm. it's not the same, it's nowhere near as good as watching a proper game of football with a noisy crowd there and everybody shouting at the ref and shouting for their team and all the rest of it um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, a sterile experience really, I'm sure that's been reflected in the results uh, mm. as well I think we've seen some crazy results I mean yesterday was
0: <laughs> in the Premier League. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure whether some of those results would have happened if there had been a crowd present
0: do you think the home home, home and away isn't really relevant at the moment, is it? It seems, I know there's obviously the, the players have to go on a journey to away and I guess that may affect them physically perhaps, but it doesn't seem much distinction or advantage to playing at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the stats, but one, one of the uh, guys, one of the late Orient guys on Saturday was telling me that apparently the percentage of away wins is, is higher this year, quite a bit mm. higher, I seem to think. Um, mm. Which is interesting, you know, because... Obviously, people have always talked about home advantage, whether it spurs the home team on, whether, whether it affects the referee at all. Um, you, you never know these things, but certainly it would be interesting to see some statistics um, from yeah. uh, from, the, from this unusual season to see whether there are any uh, differences.
0: How much of a blow was it, Paul, when you got the news? Because I know that I'm friends with John Finnegan and I've spoken to you two together, and he was, I think, head of commercial is, is the official title, and he was due back last week, I believe, and then you had the announcement, or we had the, the kind of government announcement about the restrictions on gatherings, again, regarding COVID-19 and the pandemic, and then the implications for the, the planned return of crowds. Was that a big blow? Was it was it out the blue to a certain extent?
1: It, it was a massive blow, certainly. Um, and it did... It seemed to be a decision that went against the grain of, 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 of how things had been moving over the previous few weeks. We were gearing up to... Uh, welcome fans back from the 1st of October. We put our names down to have a a test event in Mm. the last weekend of of September or sorry our last home match of September we wanted to have a test event with a thousand supporters in. They held one down the road at Forest Green which uh, we saw the feedback and we spoke to them and we know it went very well it was very successful. Um, So we were certainly extremely disappointed but also quite surprised at the decision. Um, It uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, since since then, you know, a lot of people have been pointing out the things that you can do, Mm. um, you know, in in crowds, in confined spaces, but you can't go to football in the the open air, you know, which which does seem rather strange, especially when you consider the, uh, you know, the amount of work that goes into putting football matches on and to try and keep everybody safe and and to try and observe the protocols to make sure that uh, we minimise the risk of infection. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a decision that I, th- I think has actually um, resulted in quite a lot of anger amongst the football industry. I think they feel that they've been singled out.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and held as a bit of an example. It's a bit of a political decision perhaps.
0: Is it, Yeah, it's a, it's a perception thing you think rather than the reality of, of how dangerous it may be to go to a football game.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think you know, from the government's point of view, um, the schools have gone back, the universities have gone back, the pubs are open and... Uh, it's almost as if they have got to show that they're still in in control of it by telling people they can't go to football Yeah, you know, that's, that, that's yeah that's what it feels like
0: has it been articulated in terms of from the government or is this just something that, that other people have interpreted that the issue is not with standing in the in the stadium it's about how you get to the ground and and otherwise and i suppose if that is true should there not be more nuance allowed because i'm thinking of wadden road it's quite comfortable for people to arrive just before kick off or or close to it and, and walk in without going through sort of tight turnstiles and things isn't it It doesn't have to be a congregation necessarily outside before and after
1: yeah that that's is, that's is one of the justifications that's been put forward um but again you know people are back commuting again to work you know people are mm. on the trains in the big cities and all the rest of it um so you know football is it's uh, um, once a fortnight activity in a, in a community it's not uh, it's not every day like people traveling to work so um, but you know admittedly of course safety and keeping the infection rate down is the most important thing but football still believes very strongly that that we can have crowds back that we that we can do it and um, one of the latest developments now is is this there's um, the government's put together this um, this sort of task force, this technology task force, to look at ways of bringing supporters back. Mm. And one of the things they're looking at is a German model whereby everything's been done on a local basis. Yeah. And uh, there's some talk there that perhaps if you've got a low infection rate in your locality, within your local authority area, then you may be able to you um, move towards having supporters back. And that would certainly suit us, because we're semi-rural area and you know, touch wood the infection rate has always been pretty low mm. uh, in the southwest so you know we, we are really convinced that there's no reason why we can't give it a try and um, and have at least sort of 25 of the um, of the ground have some spectators in because that would, that would make a big difference to
0: us mm. would that be about 50, what is that about 1500 to 2000 fans is that what you what you'd we'd want we'd to we'd try have, and sustain
1: yeah, we've done our calculations. We think we're looking at about 17, 1800 is the most we could get in under the current um, restrictions. But that would help us because it would allow us to get all our season ticket holders in. Yeah. Um, it would also allow us to sell tickets to some of the, uh, you know, the supporters that come regularly that don't have season tickets. But it would also help us with keeping some of our sponsorships and partnerships going because obviously it's very difficult to convince people to. Uh, you know sponsor things and, and, and come along for hospitality and promote their company when there's nobody to promote it to when you can't sell big screen advertising for example to an empty stadium so yeah. there's all these knock on effects of not having a crowd that, um, that are costing clubs at the moment
0: yeah, and I suppose for League Two, the games aren't regularly televised and you don't have the, the fan audience at home, do you? Because I suppose there's an argument that in the Premier League, you've got big TV, not, they're getting the TV money in the first place, but then they also have the, the exposure for the sponsors of the TV viewers. Whereas, I don't know, can, can we stream League Two games at the moment? How do people see them if they, if they want to?
1: Yeah, they are being streamed. Um, there's the, the iFollow service, which is home games are free to season ticket holders and they get given a code they can log in. Um, and uh, all of the games... Uh, or all the supporters can watch the games by, uh, by paying £10 for a, to watch a match. Um, so it's I think um, we had a re- review of it from the Football League last week and I think it seems to have gone reasonably well. There's been one or two um, technical issues, customer service issues perhaps, um, that I think they're trying to iron out. But overall, I think that the platform has managed to handle the extra demand quite well and uh, people seem to have been reasonably happy with the service and I think they, as it goes on they're going to continue to try and improve it of course it's not as good as um, actually coming to the game yourself but it's the next best thing I suppose to be able to watch it and you also get the, the local radio commentary synced in with it so
0: um, oh, BBC Gloucestershire
1: yes yeah so um, so it's, it's, it's not a bad way to, to follow, the, uh, follow the team on a Saturday especially if they're getting a half decent result as we've done in, in the last couple of games
0: Yeah, in a way, I suppose, because the Premier League is sort of spread out across the week. You've got less competition in terms of what people are necessarily watching. They may be uh, more tempted to to tune into that. So 1,500, the the number that you think is key, because I I was thinking about that. that If they said the government allowed you, for example, 500 fans, that would promote a sort of logistical difficulty for you, wouldn't it? With the season ticket uh, people in in mind.
1: Yes, that would would be difficult. Because
0: you'd have to pick which ones got in.
1: Yeah, it would be difficult. I mean, when we were looking to do the pilot game, we were, we were the um, the limit was a thousand, and we've got twelve hundred season tickets. So, yeah, we were thinking about how we could do it. But, um, but no, I mean, I think, I think if we, could, we we think we could get seventeen or eighteen hundred in um, quite comfortably, and um, we've got various. We've been working on myself and the safety officer and the ticket office manager. We've been working on various different things. We've done all our calculations as I say we've done all our seating plans for the social distancing in the seats yeah um, we've worked out the concourse capacities the flow rates the, the, the one-way systems, how we're going to manage things like toilets and catering so mm. it's it's all been thought about. And, um, were, were
0: toilets one of the, the, the sort of key ones are there is that what I've heard mentioned a couple of times?
1: Yes yeah I mean yeah just to give you an idea about, uh, without wanting to be too vulgar, but to give <laughs> an idea about how, yeah. how much detail has gone into it. The Sports Ground Safety Authority have actually calculated it, how long it takes a person <laughs> to uh, to visit the toilet.
0: Depends uh, how many beers you've had, doesn't it, I suppose. <laughs> <to go. laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and, but, you know, all, all, all of that work has been done. And, and so, um, you know, is whether you use basins hand sanitizers, how you do the... the uh, you, know, you have to... Well, one of the... Um, problems though with doing all this is, is you end up having to bring in some extra stewards so there is an extra cost involved mm. um, because in order to sort of try and maintain and monitor everything you need a few extra yeah. bodies, uh, in the ground but w- so w-
0: would fans be wearing masks under that scenario that you'd envisaged
1: again that's out on a local basis Gloucestershire um, County Council they're quite strongly in favor of masks um, yeah. Uh, if we were to reopen I think initially everybody would, would be required to wear
0: a mask but... even in the stadium when you're sat down
1: yes yeah Not, I mean some places they, they require them just when you're moving the bank. yeah but I think Gloucestershire would, would want them at all times which you
0: know. politically it yeah. makes sense as well doesn't it for you to keep up that yeah. sort of image yeah. and do you think I mean, fans presumably would be happy to do that they just want to get into the ground is that what they're saying to you and they'd yeah. be happy to, to abide by the social distancing and, and do their best to support the club
1: I think people just really want to come back to, to football. You know, they've just been missing it, and, uh, mm. it's, and, another, and another worry for us is, of course, if, uh, if you can't come to football, if you if if there's a, if there is a, a really prolonged break, then you might lose a few. Um, yeah, or, you know, people just might get out of the habit of going to watch football. They might have found other things. To keep themselves interested during the lockdown, and it might be difficult to persuade a few to come back. You might have to try and win some some new supporters. So it's um, yeah, there's all sorts of challenges on the on the economic side of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. How,
0: how, how is Cheltenham Football Club? Because before we had the news that the, the fans couldn't come back in, I spoke to John Palmer, and he obviously is a local journalist, but a Cheltenham aficionado as well, and was, it was fairly confident about the club's financial health because of the Moisa sale and, and the prudence in, in recent years. How, how do you assess the finances?
1: Well, the, um, we, we have got some cash reserves, so we've not been in any immediate uh, danger. Mm. But the, the big problem now is that we are just losing huge amounts of money every month because there's no income. Yeah. Uh, aside from the the central distributions you get from the football league, which whilst they're obviously extremely welcome, in a normal year they only make up a, a pro- proportion of your income. And we budgeted, admit really budgeted to, to, to make a loss. I mean, we we normally budget to break even. or try and you know, make a small profit if we can, depending on how we're doing. Some of, some of the variables that are um, difficult to predict, like cups and that sort of thing.
0: Um,
1: but the way things are around, with no gained income, very little commercial income, we're just losing large amounts, and that's quite an alarming thing, you know, for any business. Yeah, seeing a lot of cash going out the door every month, nothing to replace it.
0: Yeah, really sorry there. I'm not sure what happened. I should just stop the interview and uh, kind of reconnect it, perhaps on the Zoom. I suppose you're probably experiencing similar technical difficulties with with your work at the moment. Different places do a prefer doing interviews in person Done a lot for sky sports my employer and the podcast for a bit of fun on the side that i do this sport and life podcast uh, from home remotely and it can be okay but it isn't there's an element of intensity to it, an element of uncertainty around the technology even now i've upgraded my internet wi-fi but you're still not quite sure if things are recording well in high quality and Paul just start to fade away there so I, I kind of felt that was the last usable part but it's great to speak to paul godfrey i'll try and get him back on in, in the near future hopefully as we get some sort of clarity over the situation regarding supporters i know that my employer sky sports news are covering pretty intently we've got a covid19 impact team looking at not only football the impact on that but the impact of all sports b and other sports with the cessation of of all supporters in since march and this season has got an underway, but it was sort of underway in League One and Two with the sort of proviso and understanding that crowds will come back, as Paul says there, 1,500 potentially. That hasn't happened. And 1,500 will be enough, as I understand it, to sustain the club, just about. Um, but of course, players have to be paid and people at the club have to be paid and currently a lot are being furloughed. So that's uh, the situation with Cheltenham Town, Paul Godfrey. I hope you like that. Apologies again for the audio. Get in touch if you did enjoy it. Ed EdDraper81 on Instagram. Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. Sorry, Ed Ed Draper 81 on Twitter. Thank you for listening to that. As ever, if you could rate it on iTunes, the podcast, if you enjoy it, really appreciate that kind of boost in terms of the resonance on iTunes and and elsewhere as well, whatever platform you're listening, because I know it goes out to a myriad of different platforms now. Thank you for your company. If you are a Cheltenham Town fan, I hope we uh, we pull through and, and all football league clubs as well. Thank you, guys. Bye for now.